بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد صلی اللہ رسوله الكریم اما بعد This is also a kitab of Hazrat Wala Hazrat Mawash Hakim pertaining to the rectification of character aspects that we need to rectify within ourselves what we need to acquire what we need to clear out of our system the good character to be acquired all evil traits evil character to be cleared out many a times the thought crosses our mind that okay i know there's one or two things that i'm probably doing is wrong but other than that i don't have any other problems i'm not involved in anything else i don't have any other weaknesses or faults i have one two things one two things besides that is everything is fine so our condition is similar to the situation where a person sometimes there are many many diseases that are lurking in his body but just that he has not yet seen the symptoms clearly it's there it's affecting things but the outward symptoms haven't yet clearly shown it to himself or he is not aware of how to detect the, the symptoms so he carries on as a result it starts festering it starts getting worse and then one day suddenly there's a major problem there's a major pain or something so he goes for a checkup goes to the doctor says you are already in the third degree cancer so he says but how this cancer came in one day third degree cancer in one day she says no third degree cancer doesn't come in one day third degree cancer means it went through a whole process it carried on building so i didn't know about it you didn't detect it there were some pains and aches which you ignored there were some other symptoms which you thought was something minor nothing to worry about and it was all growing within now it has blown up now it has exploded so to say Allah Ta'ala make hifazat from all these physical ailments as well. But just as we then take those physical ailments very seriously, likewise we have to be taking and in fact to a greater extent taking our spiritual ailments seriously. So the issue is to know that what is a spiritual ailment? What are the things to be acquired in terms of good character? What are the evil things that we have to be clearing our subsystems of? If a person is not familiar with it he doesn't have the knowledge of it hasn't heard about it then where is he going to detect that this is a problem and where is he going to even have any concern about trying to rectify it so the important thing is to read up with mashwara what would give us the clear picture of what are the issues that we should be looking out for or what are the th- things that we need to acquire bring to into our lives so there are many kitabs in this regard which are very good for the purpose the very simple explanation of most of these things is in beshti zawar in the 7th volume hazrat tanwir rahmatullah alayhi has discussed this in very very clear ways very easy very simple manner and all the details are there meaning necessary details so in the 7th volume of beshti zawar most of these things are there there are many other kitabs this kitab also deals with all these things so we should be taking 
one of these books, one of these kitabs, reading through this, so that we familiarize ourselves, that what are the things that need to be sorted out within ourselves. What we need to acquire, we are, and we're lacking in it still. What we need to remove from our system. For example, if we just run through the list of aspects that need to be attended to. <clears throat> For example, in terms of the evil character, the evil traits. So what are the things of the evil traits? For example, there's something called ujb. Ujb is vanity. That a person is feeling very proud within himself, not necessarily he's looking down upon anybody else, but he feels that I am somebody. One is takabbur. Takabbur is a separate issue. Takabbur is that a person looks down upon the next, that this person is inferior. This person is nobody. So takabbur is one problem. That's a major problem. That was shaitan's biggest blunder that he made which got him rejected forever. That he looked down upon Adam alayhi salam. Khalaqtani min nari wa khalaqtahu min teen. You created me from fire, created him from dust. I must bow down to him. So that became his greatest blunder which got him rejected forever. But apart from takabbur is ujib. Ujbi is that a person is not reflecting on anybody else. Everybody else is very good. But I'm also somebody. I'm also something. So I also have these qualities in me. I'm a good person. That is also a major problem. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala discusses the aspect of ujb. That on the occasion of Hunayn, لَقَدْ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَوَاطِنَ كَثِيرَةِ وَيَوْمَ Hunain. إِذْ أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ كَثْرَتُكُمْ فَلَمْ تُغْنِ عَنْكُمْ شَيْئًا Allah Ta'ala helped you on many occasions. And Allah Ta'ala helped you also on the occasion of Hunayn, the battle of Hunayn. When? إِذْ أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ كَثْرَتُكُمْ أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ The same ujb. What happened was in Hunayn, there was a very big number of Muslims because it happened just shortly after the conquest of Makkah. So now after this conquest of Makkah, Nabi Islam proceeded towards Hunayn. So many people who had just entered into Islam now, they also joined in. So according to some records, there was an army of 12,000. So 12,000 strong are going. And they are facing an odd of 4,000. So the Muslim army is three times the number of kuffar against them. And in Badr, it was the opposite. In Badr, the Muslims were 313. And the kuffar were a thousand strong. So on some people's tongue, this statement came out. Some people. And this is also something that happens sometimes. That somebody makes a blunder, says something out of turn. But others also end up suffering the consequences. Because when the rain falls, then the entire environment gets wet. So sometimes this person now... There's a whole group of people, one person made a blunder, the whole group gets affected. So, some people on their tongue, this statement came out, that on this occasion, we can never become defeated as a result of small numbers. Our number, 12,000 we are. Now this 12,000 was a source of kind of ujb. Though, it might not have been as bad as what we do, but 
the attention came onto oneself rather than the attention being towards Allah Ta'ala. Attention came towards oneself. Allah Ta'ala disliked this. The end result of this came that suddenly the as the Muslims were moving through the place, they didn't realize that these arches from the Kufar army had already hidden themselves on both sides of that mountain pass. And they began raining arrows upon them and they were expert archers. It was so severe that they suddenly had to turn and flee. Allah Ta'ala then eventually brought the turnaround in the situation. But this little defeat that they had to suffer, temporarily, Allah Ta'ala is referring to that in the Quran Sharif, That that numbers of yours which you thought was now your strength, you turned your attention to your ability, you turned your attention to your numbers, it didn't avail you one bit. Didn't help you at all. You left the battlefield and ran despite being such a big number. And despite the vastness of the earth, you felt it all got constrained upon you and restricted. Small number had remained steadfast. Others first left the field. Then they realized, where are we going? Then they came back. So in any case, the point here is that this ujb. So now how many times does this surface also? Let alone just lurking within. How many times it surfaces? In the form of the statement a person makes. In the form of the way he does some things. But a person is not familiar with this. With the issue of ujb, he doesn't even realize sometimes that this is a major problem. It's a cancer of the spiritual heart. He doesn't realize that this is a sin. So he says, I got no problem. He has no problem because he doesn't know there's a problem. Meanwhile, there's a major problem. So like this, takabbur, ujb, chughal khori, carrying tails. This is also a major problem that a person carries tail sometimes without even realizing what he is doing. Now something has happened somewhere, he is relating this somewhere else. And now this particular thing that he is relating is going to cause a problem now. He has no need to be bothered moving this information from one point to the other. Somebody said something out of turn. Now, that is something to be forgotten there. Now he passed that information on to the next person who was spoken about. Now the end result is obvious. That person is going to react and there's going to be a problem, there's going to be a fight now. Who caused this? This person carrying the tails from one point to the other. Naqlul kalam ala wajhil ifsad. Now he's creating this problem, something that's going to create this, stoke this fire. Like we discussed last night, now he has become miftahan lishar. has become the key to evil. But a person does this and doesn't even realize I did something wrong. Because of the lack of the knowledge, the ignorance. Likewise, kina, malice. Malice is a major problem. We discussed this as well last night. That how this creates major blockages from the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. And the person who keeps his heart clean of malice, Nabi Islam says, he will be with me in Jannat. So, such a major thing like that. Hasad. 
jealousy. Now, what is jealousy? How does this jealousy then create so many difficulties for a person? Besides other difficulties, it destroys his good amal. Al-hasadu ya'kulul hasanat kama ta'kulun narul hatab. It destroys his good deeds. Now he's burning in the jealousy. But what good he did to himself? And the person gets caught up sometimes in something. His mind also doesn't go that I'm doing something wrong and I should be rectifying this. He just goes deeper and deeper into it. Though in the back of his mind somewhere it's there that this is not the right thing. But sometimes he's just going deeper and deeper not realizing what he's doing, what he's saying that this is all a major problem. Then ghussa, anger. Where a person's anger is not in control. Anger itself is a human trait. Person cannot eliminate anger. But he has to channel the anger. Channel it where it is for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. The problem is that we channel our anger in those things which are for nafs. And where there is no place for the anger, that is where where there is a place for the anger. For the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Or somebody is breaking the law of Allah Ta'ala. And that person is somebody under our authority. It's our child. So now there is a place for anger there. At that time the child needs to be reprimanded. The child needs to be made to understand that this is wrong. Then, But obviously that anger there also has to be under control. It's not that a person is going about things with uncontrolled anger. Then he will do things and say things which itself will be a problem. That itself will become sinful. Hasad ghussa badkhahi Badkhahi means wishing ill for the next person. A mu'min always wishes well for everybody. The person is actually hoping somebody else must get harmed in some way. I hope this really, this fellow must learn a lesson. Some azab must come on him. Now, person makes the, oh, entertains these things, thinks about it in that manner, even because he's had a problem with somebody, he's wishing ill for the person. Whereas that problem is a problem on its side. Wishing ill for any mu'min. This is far from the akhlaq of a believer. A believer is wishing well for everybody. Can we imagine Nabi Wasallam how hurt he was at the occasion when in Uhud, his uncle Hazrat Hamza was martyred and then mercilessly his body was mutilated. Mercilessly mutilated. The extent that his body was slit open and the liver was taken out and passed on to be chewed. Allah then gave tawfiq to all those who were involved in it, even they accepted iman. But the, before this happened, the person who was responsible for this martyrdom was Hazrat Wahshi radiallahu ta'ala. Allah ta'ala gave tawfiq of iman then. And how hurt was Nabi Wasallam with this whole incident? That after Hazrat Wahshi radiallahu ta'ala accepted Islam, Nabi Wasallam for Hazrat Wahshi's welfare, for the welfare of Hazrat Wahshi radiallahu ta'ala, he said to him, Hal Can you keep out of my direct gaze? Why? Because every time I see you, the whole memory of my uncle gets refreshed. 
And that's human nature, then I feel the pain. So Nabi Sallallahu makes sabr on that. But the fact that somebody again refreshed that pain, this is not healthy for him spiritually. That he is refreshing pain in the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. So out of his welfare, he told him that if you can keep out of my direct gaze. So this is how painful this whole thing was. But in order to bring him to Islam as well, Nabi Islam is sending somebody when Makkah was conquered, he disappeared. Because he knew if I get caught, I'm in a big problem. He went away past Taif, over 90 miles. 90 miles, a far away distance, and especially in that time. Nabi Islam sent somebody all the way there to give him dawah towards Islam. Now this can only be out of total welfare for the person. That he's caused me so much of pain, so much of difficulty, so much of hardship. To the extent that even after his Islam, Nabi Islam, out of his welfare, is telling him, keep out of my sight. But the welfare for him hasn't gone. The good hopes for him hasn't gone. He must also go to Jannat. So this having this heart of wishing well for every believer, every Muslim, that he must also go to Jannat, even dunya must be also good for him. Now this is a major important trait of a mu'min. And to wish ill for him is the opposite. So a mu'min's heart is always clean. He doesn't harbor any malice. He doesn't wish ill for anybody. But when a person is not conscious of this, then he starts wishing ill for his own. Now there's a small problem between husband and wife. Now each one is wishing ill for the other. I hope something happens to him. He must learn a lesson. And he's wishing the opposite. He's wishing the same on the opposite end. Now, some, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam once said to the woman that I saw at the time that this was expressed that most of the inhabitants of Jahannam are women. Not necessarily that this is something that will always remain that. But at that point in time, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that this is what I saw. So they asked why. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said two things. تُكْثِرْنَ اللَّعْنِ وَتَكْفُرْنَ الْعَشِيرِ One is you curse a lot. So sometimes you even end up cursing your own children. The child did something and you blurt out a curse. Now that is wishing the worst kind of ill for somebody. And then when that curse becomes effective, it brings its consequences, now you also cry. But there's so many problems in that. One was that uncontrolled anger, now the person started cursing. Then the person doesn't realize that this cursing is wishing ill for the next person, which is the worst kind of thing. Cursing. So these are all problems. Now the person who is not conscious of it, he is not aware of it also. He goes on committing these things and it doesn't cross his mind that what great cancers these are of the heart. So now wishing ill for the next person, this is a major problem. Then badgumani, which we discussed last night, having suspicions, this, the problems it creates, the difficulties it brings about, what what a person finishes doing, what what he finishes saying, then he realizes that all this was wrong. It was all based on my badgumani. All based on what I just jumped to conclusions about. I passed judgment on the next person's intentions, which was wrong. So this is also a major problem, major cancer. Then hubbe dunya, love of the world, we say, what love of the world? What love I got of the world? 
There's one degree of love of dunya as well, which is natural, which Allah Ta'ala has made a part of insan. زُيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ حُبُّ الشَّهَوَاتِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ وَالْبَنِينَ وَالْقَنَاطِيرِ الْمُقَنْطَرَةِ مِنَ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ وَالْخَيْلِ الْمُسَوَّمَةِ وَالْأَنْعَامِ وَالْحَرْثِ ذَلِكَ مَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَاللَّهُ عِنْدَهُ حُسْنُ الْمَآبِ Allah Ta'ala is saying, Allah Ta'ala beautified this in insan, made it beloved to him. The love of woman and children, his wife, his child, is a natural love. The love of his material possessions. His material possessions, his wealth, there's a natural love for it, to a point. If there was no attachment to these things at all, nothing, then he won't be concerned about anything. Somebody will come and do anything to his family too, he won't be bothered. What's it? Doesn't matter. But Allah Ta'ala has put this natural attachment. He'll give his life to stay, protect their lives. And in terms of his material possessions, he looks after it, he saves it from getting destroyed, from any harm coming to it. This is out of the natural attachment. But if this natural attachment becomes an obstacle in the commands of, in fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala, now this has transgressed its limits. While it was within those bounds, well and good, no problem. Up to that limit, where it does not become an obstacle in deen, it does not become a barrier in a person fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala. Otherwise, that same wife and child, who Allah Ta'ala says, that Allah Ta'ala has adorned this love in the heart of a person. In another place, Allah Ta'ala says, Inna min azwajikum wa That sometimes, among your wives and children, are your enemies. Can we imagine the tone? That among your wives and children are your enemies. فَحْذَرُوهُمْ So beware of them. Person's own wife, own child becoming his enemy? Yes. When that wife or child is spurring a person on towards breaking Allah Ta'ala's commands, and now he is even uh, giving in, but they are spurring him on, that is enmity. Though it comes in the guise of love, so now, where to draw the line? So if there's hubbu dunya, if there is that incorrect love of the dunya, then a person will cross this line. Now in order for the dunya, he will break the commands of Allah Ta'ala. The natural attachment to his worldly possessions, to earning his livelihood, that's natural. But now he's breaking Allah Ta'ala's commands in earning. His salah is being missed. He is talking things which are haram. He is conducting his deals in a haram way. He is doing other things which are not permissible. So all this has now become hubbud dunya. All this has become a love of the world. Then fuzul or khilaf sharak kalam ke hawas. Then a person is forever in this to keep talking something. Totally futile talk. Sometimes, some people... If they don't talk, then their food won't digest. Some have to walk in order to digest their food. Some people have to take some maybe digestives. Some people, only the only thing they need to digest their food is they have to talk. If they don't talk, their food won't digest. But sometimes, like somebody needs one digestive tablet, somebody needs two, so some people have to talk a certain amount before their food digests. 
So that goes on sometimes till the person's eyes close. Then his food will digest. Point is that there's a certain amount that a person would talk, obviously. He would engage in some kind of conversation with his family. All this is required. Nabi Islam at night would sometimes sit. Not sometimes, this was a regular feature. All his wives would gather in the house that he is going to be spending the night in. And he would talk to them. But obviously the talking was, while it was sometimes light-hearted also. But it would eventually all be a lesson. It was light-hearted. It was something that was creating this muhabbat, this bond. But in the end it was all also a lesson. So the thing is, that there is certain limits, that let alone limits where a certain amount of talking might be even necessary. But where this becomes a person's occupation, he has to talk. Sometimes a person is talking in that one, in that five, ten minutes, he's spoken so many different things already, you know, where he started from and where he's gone to. Because this is just a machine that carries on every other limb in the body tires. But the tongue doesn't tire. It got a free flow. Person sometimes such as a thing that even after he's asleep to his sleep talking. So that is sometimes an illness, not necessarily because of somebody over talking. But the point is that we need to be conscious of this. When a person talks non-stop, then other things also creep in. And this is not necessarily only when a person talks a lot. But ghibad, we discuss ghibad and what a picture the Qur'an Sharif has depicted in the, of the person making ghibad. That the corpse of a person is lying there and the corpse is already rotten. It's decaying and that stench. A person can't stand anywhere near. Now can we imagine somebody going to eat out of that corpse? Allah Ta'ala is giving us that picture of ghibat. That this is ghibat. So what a major crime this is. Jute, lying. In the Hadith Sharif it comes that a mu'min, a mu'min can be many things. Some weaknesses he can have. But a mu'min can't be a liar. A mu'min and lying, these two things don't go together comes in another hadith that a lie, a person speaks a lie, it creates such a stench, such a stench emanates from his mouth, that the angels flee to the extent of one mile. But insan doesn't perceive it, the angels perceive it. So one mile he's distanced the angels of rahmat from him. Doesn't mean that a person like in the hadith it comes, that a person who keeps a dog or pictures of animal things, then the angels of mercy don't come. So, this is a hadith of Nabi So, pictures of animal things, this also prevents the angels of mercy coming. People have photographs displayed in their home sometimes and other things. In fact, we should be very conscious of what we bring into our home in terms of items as well, with what kind of packaging is on it. Now that packaging needs to be immediately destroyed, thrown away, when it has all kinds of pictures on it. And those pictures are sometimes totally shameless also. But because it was bought as a necessary item, so nobody gives any care to it, it's sitting in front of everybody, 
Nobody is batting an eyelid that what kind of filth, what kind of shamelessness is in front of everyone. But everybody becomes comfortable with it. This becomes the issue of behayai, shamelessness. That it keeps deteriorating if a person is not conscious. And when it slips, it comes one step lower. Then a person starts getting comfortable with that level of shamelessness. It doesn't then cross his mind also that something is wrong with this. And then it comes even further, one step. Now, when he got comfortable with that level of shamelessness, it doesn't stop there. Then it will go further down. So initially that will be a problem. He'll also feel bad about it. But then when he comes one step down, he gets comfortable with it. Nobody thinks anything about it. If we just rewind the thing in time, and we take what the current situation is 50 years back, the type of dressing that is in vogue nowadays, if we had to suddenly bring back those people, forget centuries back, just 50 years back, bring the old people who passed away 50 years ago, just bring them alive, just to walk into their own homes, see their own grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, how their desks, if this could have happened, they would have died instantly again, back to their khabar. Out of that sheer shock and embarrassment and shame, my children, my grandchildren, dressed like this. But everybody else is comfortable with it. Nobody is saying that, any, in fact, then when sometimes a person is advised, so you might even hear this kind of reaction that, but what's wrong with this? What is totally wrong becomes a question that, what's wrong with this? Is there something wrong with it? Why is this wrong? It's fine. If that person, that woman is dressed in any kind of garments and that jeans and tops and whatever else, what's wrong with this? Everybody is doing it. So if everybody is doing it, it has become right. So like that example where one person went to live in one village, just an example for the moral it was. So he went there, he found a very strange thing. All the people had the tips of their nose cut. So now, imagine the tip of the person's nose cut, it looks a terrible sight. Now he was a person with a perfect nose. Everybody else with their nose cut. So he is laughing at everyone, look at these people. But now after a few days he had to stay there. Every time he's noticing that when he's walking past, people are nudging one another, look at this fellow's nose. Now his nose is perfect. They're laughing at him. So one day, two days, five days, and everywhere people are staring at him, now he's feeling uncomfortable. He thought he rather also, in inverted commas, become normal. So how to become normal? He went and also cut his nose. And he felt now he's very comfortable, now he's happy. He got happy to cut his nose, because he was in that kind of environment. That environment of shamelessness makes a person shameless. And then he feels fine about it too, he feels nothing, what's... Everybody is doing it, so everybody is doing it, so it has become fine. So this is how it starts slipping. Once in his majlis, two little children, small girls, maybe two, three, four years old, somebody sent them in with a note. Maybe some, their mother might have come with some need or something, or whatever the message might have been. So in order to get the message in, there was no other way, nobody else was there outside at that time. So she wrote a note and she sent it with this note, two little girls, small little children. So when they came in, now they go to walk in, now one is trying to hide behind the other. 
And they're coming in this way and now each one is trying to hide behind. How can you hide behind one another? But now they, in their little manner, this is what they're actually trying to do. And they came and they gave this note and in that same manner they quickly disappeared. Now everybody who was present, they observed this. These two little girls came in in this manner and now they're trying to hide behind one another and come. And they came and gave this note and went away in that manner again. So saw everybody observing this, he then said to them, Dekho ye haya hai. That this is the natural inborn haya. That this is the way that they are behaving, that they've come in a gathering. This is a gathering of men. Now they are small little children, they are not mukallaf, there is no harm in them coming in that situation. There is no obligation of paradayat on them. But despite that, they are trying to keep themselves hidden. This is a natural quality in a woman. Now this is that natural haya. So he said to them, Dekho ye haya hai. And this is something he said that is inborn. It is not something that needs to be acquired. It is inborn. But it can be lost due to the environment, due to what a person is seeing, what he is looking at, what he is doing, what kind of people are around him. And then he said that this comes naturally, but when it is lost, then it is very difficult to get it back. Once it slips, now somebody has changed their dressing. They have made it more immodest. To bring the person back to that level of modesty is a very difficult task. It was there naturally. The person brought it one rung down, now to bring it back up, very difficult. So the point is never to let it come down. Then there's a concerted effort need to be made. But otherwise it becomes just fine. Everybody is fine with it. The father is fine with it, how his daughters are dressed. And these are not things to be spoken about in the house of Allah Ta'ala. But this is not an isolated thing. This is not an isolated thing. Many a times youngsters write or come and discuss, how do I conduct myself in my own house? The way my sisters are dressed, this is causing a problem for me. This is a reality. She says, I can't, what do I do? They're having a problem with me. Now, can you imagine where this is leading to? But, now, haya, what a fundamental quality of deen this is. But when a person is not conscious, that person who feels, but I'm doing nothing wrong. I'm fine. He has no consciousness of what a major problem this is. But he's comfortable with it. So this is something which, these are all aspects of the heart. And these are things that need to be developed within a person. All the good qualities, the qualities of haya, the qualities of uh, wishing well for everybody, the aspect of keeping the heart clean. So these are the things that sometimes we don't even have any idea that these are already in us. And a person, because of the environment, he has become comfortable with what's going on. And he feels fine, feels nothing is wrong. And sometimes a person says, but I don't know what, what even to ask because I don't think, that, I don't know of any problem with me, everything is fine. But if we look deeper down, we educate ourselves in terms of by getting this information from the right sources, the knowledge from the right sources, and what are the things that lurk within us, in our surroundings, in our families, 
Then we'll see another picture completely. Then we'll realize how many things we still have to attend to. How many things we have to address. How many problems we still have to treat. So the aspect was of Behayahe. Uh, then Bukhal. Bukhal, the aspect of miserliness. Many a times, in various ways, this expresses itself. But a person doesn't realize where there is a need to be spending. And the person is skimping. The greatest sadaqah is where a person has spent on his own family. Obviously, there's a certain line of wastage, of fuzul. But within those parameters, the first sadaqah and the best sadaqah is on his own family. Now sometimes a person is skimping on what is the necessary limits. So that is as a result of miserliness. And then that same money gets wasted in other things. Or there are certain other occasions outside his immediate family where there's a need and the person has the funds, he has the ability to spend in those avenues, but that miserliness holds the person back. So this is also a problem. Riya, aspect of showing off, ostentation. person is doing something, but the purpose of doing it is to impress people. So that somebody will regard him as a very good person, or regard him as very pious, regard him as very cha- charitable, very generous. Or in any way to try and impress somebody that that person must think me better, think me as good. So that action that is being done for that purpose becomes riya. And this riya, inna, in the hadith Nabi Islam says, that inna yasira riya is shirkun. Even a little bit of riya is shirk. Even a little bit of riya is shirk. So now this is not the shirk that takes a person out of the pale of Islam, but it is shirkul azgar. A smaller shirk, but it's shirk. What a major thing. Now to clear this riya out, to treat it. Likewise, shahwat. Passions. This is also a human, part of human nature. But where that is now out of control. When it is out of control, it's a major problem. Then it becomes a fire inferno in a person that will burn his iman, burn his haya burn what not so there's a natural level of shahwat in every human being Allah Ta'ala has placed this this is something that keeps the system of the world continuing but there are its limits there are its controls and the brakes to that shahwat is haya that vehicle that vehicle has been manufactured where it can travel at speeds 250 kilometers and 300 kilometers, but that vehicle has got no brakes. How many times is going to drive that? The first trip might become the last. Because no brakes. So that speed is there. That speed has its purpose. But when he hasn't got any control over that speed, there's no brakes. So there's going to be disaster. The first trip might become the last. That first trip might be straight to the Qabristan. So likewise, the shahwat has its place. And when a person does not control it, the brakes are lost. 
then there'll be disaster, major disaster. Allah Ta'ala save us. So these are things that a person has to be conscious of. Bad nigahi, casting haram glances. This is also a major problem. What havoc it causes in a person. It destroys his deen, destroys his iman, destroys the nur of iman, gets a person involved in so many haram things, destroys his health. So all this is now a major problem. So some of these things are quite glaring, quite obvious. Many a person would understand that these are problems. But many a time, some of these things, we go into it, we don't realize what we've done, we don't realize that there's a problem. And this becomes the issue that when it has come to the stage of third degree cancer, that is all lurking under the surface, it's doing its damage, it's causing its problems, causing its harm. But a person didn't take any notice and now it's gone so deep, it's gone to third degree cancer, now it blows up in so many things. Then the person realizes, well, this is where it all stemmed from. That too, if he realizes. So the lesson in all this is, one is to have the knowledge of what are the problems. So to, with mashwara, to read up these things. That what are the problems? There are many books, Shariat and Tasawwuf, then there are some other books of this nature as well. These deal with all these ailments of the heart. And these obstacles that become a barrier in a person's progress in deen. All these blockages. A person has a blockage in his physical heart, and he pays half a million rands to get that blockage cleared. He puts a stent also sometimes. He'll do a bypass. Because that blockage can become fatal. So these become blockages in our spiritual hearts. But if a person doesn't attend to it, doesn't treat it, then it can become fatal. Sometimes that uncontrolled anger, a person makes statements of kufr. And that uncontrolled anger, he made statements of kufr. So that became fatal to his spiritual heart, killed it completely. Kufr. So these are things that we need to be conscious about. And this is what is Islam all about. Many a times our concept of Islam is that some wazaif, some tasbihat, tasbihat and wazaif, etc. All an integral part of that progress. There's all the spiritual nourishment. But together with that, the main part of Islam and tazkiyah is the rectification of akhlaq. Developing good character. Removing all the evil traits. Bringing in all the things that should be in our hearts. The iman, the taqwa, the tawakkul, the khashiyat, fear of Allah Ta'ala. One is khawf. Khawf and khashiyat are two different things. Khashiyat is that fear that emanates out of awe and respect. Person fears that somebody might hit him, some thief or somebody. That's a fear also. And he fears his, provided he's got respect, he fears his father also. He fears his ustad also. But there's a world of difference between the two. This fear stems out of respect, that I must not displease him in some way. So that fear is actually not the fear of that he's going to do something to me. Sometimes if he's 100% sure he'll do nothing to me. But that displeasure is the worst punishment for him. That now my father is displeased with me. My ustad is displeased with me. That displeasure is the biggest azab for him. He can't tolerate that displeasure. 
So that displeasure is what he's fearing. So more than that, is the fear of Allah Ta'ala out of that, that Allah Ta'ala must not become displeased with me. Allah Ta'ala who is my benefactor, who is my creator, my sustainer, and I do something to displease Allah Ta'ala, that displeasure of Allah Ta'ala is his biggest azab. So that khashiyat, to develop that khashiyat, that inabat and turning to Allah Ta'ala, aspect of tawakkul, trusting in Allah Ta'ala, and all the various other qualities of this nature, so to be acquainted with this, what are the things that I need to acquire? What are the things that I need to clear my system out of? So when a person will have this basic knowledge, now he'll be able to detect that what I just said, this came out of ujub. The statement of mine is indicating everything of ujub. The example that many times we gave, Allah give this example, one person was a guest at some person's place, so that host, while they were sitting, he said to his khadim, or he said to somebody in the house, that bring water in that jug, which I brought after my, from my second hajj. Bring water in that jug, which I brought in my, from my second hajj. Now what was his object in saying this? His object in saying it was, one is if something is being said purely for identification purposes. That's a different thing. Now he could have said it in some other way, but he deliberately chose to say it in this way. Why? He wanted to impress upon this person. Nowadays people are 10 hajjis too, we don't even know 10 hajj they did. Nobody will know. But in that time, person made one hajj also, everybody in the town knew him as Hadi Sahib. Because that was a very big thing. Nowadays nobody gets the title because if you'll have to call everybody Hadi Sahib. So you won't know which Hadi Sahib you're talking about. But in those days, somebody went for hajj, then the whole town now no more called him by his name. He was called as Hadi Sahib. Because this was a big thing, he went for hajj. Now this person was trying to make this impression on the guest that don't regard me as just anybody, I'm a double haji. <laughs> so Hazrat used to give this example and say that in this one statement, with this now he said bring water, he poured water over both hajj. He poured water over both hajj that he performed. Because now he's showing off about it. He's trying to use this to impress the next person. So, now when a person is conscious of this, he'll sometimes err, uh, he'll make a mistake, he'll say something, but then he will realize immediately that here is all, ujib is dripping out of this statement of mine. The statement I made, takabur is dripping out of it. What a dangerous thing I've said. Let me quickly make amends. Let me make toba istighfar. What I did, what I said was wrong. When a person now is conscious, he himself will start detecting it. He'll make a mistake sometimes, he'll, he'll slip up, he's insan. While slipping up and falling, he'll walk. Eventually, when he carries on, he'll start walking. But initially, he'll slip and fall. But when he's conscious of it, he himself will start detecting. And if he cannot detect, detect it completely, there'll be some doubt. Something will, there'll be a bell that will ring in. He'll then consult, he'll find out. What I just did, was this wrong or right? Was this out of the or was it okay? But when that bell doesn't ring, nothing, I'm fine, everything's okay. So to develop this consciousness and for that to acquaint ourselves with all these aspects which are the akhlaq, the good traits also that need to be brought within ourselves and even the things that we need to clean our hearts out of. Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Subhanallah.